Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello sports fans and thank you for listening to the TTM Sports Show. The sports podcast that's by the fans... For the fans, where you can guarantee explosive debate, trending topics, big interviews and guests, and regular uploads. Proudly sponsored by Prestige Paving and Patios and Anstis Grounds and Gardens. So strap yourself in for the latest episode of the TTM Sports Show. Hello and welcome to episode number 65 of the TTM Sports Show. My name is James. And my name's James. And tonight we're joined by another James. This time we've got Simo. It's James Simpson. James, how are you? Very well, mate. I like, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the number of Jameses in here. I feel very much at home. <laughs> we sound like a wrestler, don't we? We sound like a WWE wrestler, Triple J. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I think uh, he's definitely a wrestler. He's got a um, contract on the table. Absolutely. Well, maybe looks like uh, Razor Ramon, you know, do you remember him? <laughs> I, I do. Um, but right, we're going briefly off topic. So our listeners are thinking, wow, who's this guy? Who have they, who have they managed to get onto the podcast this time? Well, this time, guys, we've been very, very lucky. We've got a, a genuine podcaster, a man who is a head of... Uh, Head of media, I believe, in a, in a Scottish Highland League. Simo, tell us all about yourself, about your podcast, about your job, who you support. Just talk to us about Simo for a couple of minutes. Uh, all righty. So, and from a podcasting point of view, I, I started the Total Screamers podcast just over a year ago with my friend Jake. Um, we've grown to a team of about 10 people now. Uh, we've even got a couple of branch off podcasts. So we've got Total Screamers where we talk about all things Premier League football. Then we have fan-specific podcasts that branch off from that, uh, mainly for um, Liverpool and Aston Villa, um, just now run by a couple of really top podcasters. It's uh, it's quite good. Um, in terms of what I do in football, I work for a semi-professional football club called Devonvale in the Highland League, the fifth tier of Scottish football, uh, as their head of media. And I do a podcast for them called Valecast, where I just talk about everything going on at the club and, and, and the Highland League itself. Um, in terms of what I do for a job, I have just finished my career in the army. 
just uh, just shy of 10 years in the army as a combat medic. Uh, and now I'm a, a student of broadcasting and radio. That's what I do now. <laughs> I think that's fantastic, and thank you very much for your service as well. The most I had was a bugle major of the Army Cadet Force and then the TA for two <laughs> years. So my, my experience is nothing. But one thing I did feel pride on was putting the putting on my uniform and having that Union Jack uh, on on my arm and uh, yeah with the 95 uh, webbing and and stuff like that so if you know if you're in the forces webbing's big and in the in the army cadets we had like the 1945 webbing and uh, <laughs> that was a uh, hard work but uh, Simo um, obviously we know you support Liverpool as well um, I myself I'm a Liverpool fan also um, what's going on at Anfield at the moment then uh, another another quiet January quietish January I think I, I think. What they'd like to do is get the most Salah deal done near the end of the window, so it kind of feels like we've signed a player. It feels like the, the fans get a sort of a boost from that. Um, no business as of yet. I don't really expect any sort of big names to come in this January. I think if they were, then we would have, we would have heard something through the grapevine by now. Um, there's talk of the reason why we're not spending is we're kind of saving up this uh, this war chest to, to have a big window, either this window or the, or the following. Um, but for me, the crucial the crucial thing is is we need to we need to nail down Mohamed Salah um, to a long term deal. Um, I think he's a player that will be good into his thirties and his mid thirties. I think he's good. I think we need to give him the money that's on that he that he wants. Apparently, it's not crazy money that he's that he's, he's asked for. Apparently, it's in the region of sort of two hundred fifty thousand for a Give player at his level. Yeah, you know, I I feel like he is the best informed player in the world right now. I feel like he deserves that that those kind of fun funds even more than that. I would say I would say he deserves upwards of three hundred thousand if if we're being perfectly honest. Um, but I, that is the main thing for me in terms of players that actually improve us, players mm. that improve our squad from what we've already got. I think we need to spend quite a lot of money, and I don't know if that's the player we that's available in the world that we can get in January without kind of getting our pants pulled down a wee bit. I would, I would rather just do our business in the summer. Obviously, we've got Salah and Manny coming back from AFCON. That's huge for us. We didn't drop points while they were away. Huge. Um, we win our games in hand. We can be six points from the top. So it's not all... Well, win at the Etihad and it's three. Yes, exactly, exactly. So we're not we're not completely down and out yet. I think it'd be silly to write us off completely just yet. Um, obviously, it's a mountain to climb, but you know we've got to stay positive. We still have a fantastic squad. We still have one of the best spines in the Premier League, and on our day, our first eleven is is I believe on on their day is the best in the league. I, the I would agree. The, I, I for me as a neutral, obviously, uh, sorry to butt into the into the Liverpool love. Um, but I'll come in as a neutral. My opinion, Liverpool's second best team in the country. Undeniably, um, at this point, um, Chelsea are probably third best. Uh, and then it's the rest of them battling it out, as you know, we all know the race for the top four. But, you know, Liverpool, Man City are clear of that. Chelsea, a little bit down. Um, it's almost three leagues now, the Premier League, three, four leagues individually. So, you know, that's where you are. Um, in terms of the investment and the, and and buying players and what you need and, and everything else, you've you've almost this is going to sound ridiculous uh, to you boys, no doubt. But you've almost come to the same sort of point that Spurs had under Pochettino, where you'd had this settled side, you know, the team that picked itself, everyone knew their jobs, you know, you have players on the break, you know, breaking through and becoming stars in that part of that team, and then you get to the point where slowly. Not overnight, but over a long period, you know, a year, 18 months, then it starts to decide, starts to look completely different. 
And then you never quite capture the magic of that previous team um, where you just kind of, it just evolves into something different and new and, you know, players eventually leave, you know, Milner will retire in, in the next probably six to 12 months. Um, Henderson is obviously, in my opinion, still a good player, but, you know, maybe coming towards down the other side of the, of the, of the hill. Um, Salah could leave, which would be a massive blow. Um, and, th- and then you're looking at a, a painful rebuild like Tottenham had to do. I think um, I think this. I think we're we're further down the road. I, I get your analogy. I, I get it. I get it. But you know, your ceiling was a Champions League final. Absolutely right. But I, I still think we we've got four world class centre backs. In my opinion, I think they're all fun. You know, you you have, you didn't have that. You know, I think we've we've got world class right back, world class left back, world class goalkeeper, Fabinho. We've got. I, I think for me, it's uh, central midfield. And you're right in what you're saying. Thiago is the other side of thirty. Henderson's the other side of thirty. You do have an aging Milner. Oxlade Chamberlain is injury prone, as is Curtis Jones, as is Naby Keita. I get that, and I, that's why I think with Liverpool uh, going in the window, Jude Bellingham would be high. On my on my wish list, um, or Eve Pesuma, someone um, reliable, or maybe a Tielemans, someone reliable, fit, who will play week in, week out, who's combative as well. Bellingham fits the bill because he's English, he's British, and I think with Milner and Henderson, that you you get that home feel, the love, the 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 pride, the passion, the joy, uh, and I think with Bellingham you'd get that. Furthermore, just before we bring Simo back in, let's be brutally honest. Since Liverpool signed Alisson and also uh, Van Dijk, we haven't really made a massive, massive, massive um, statement of intent with any real player. Yes, we brought in Diogo Jota, but let's be brutally honest, that was paid over five payments at like five million a year over five years. We haven't gone out and spent, you know, Ndombele money. We haven't spent Pepe money. We haven't spent those those big figures. So I think um, Simo's right. And, and within the, the fans, we were disappointed at the end of last summer, looking across and at Old Trafford and seeing Ronaldo rock up, City spending big. Every club seemed to be bringing someone in apart from us. And we said, well, next summer, because Jürgen doesn't usually do anything in January. He does maybe Stephen Colker and Minamino. Um Yes, we brought in Van Dijk, but I think that was a flash in the pan. I mean, Simo, who do you think um, that we should be really looking at on our radar? Well, Van Dijk came in in January because Coutinho forced his way out. And January, if you remember at the time, Klopp was was trying to insist that that Coutinho stay to the summer. But I think uh, Van Dijk and Alisson were always on the the radar. And that's where we got our big big sort of marquee signings. Our world-class goalkeeper, our world-class centre-back was from the, the Coutinho money. Almost... It almost lines up exactly when you look at the uh, two the two price tags, the hundred and forty yeah, we got for yeah. uh, Coutinho and then and then the um the money we spent on Van Dyke and Allison. Uh, I think the way we differ from Spurs is that we have a wee bit more legs in the in the squad. Um in terms of I think if you look at the key players that that, that were at Spurs and in, in, in terms of their their peak, the Champions League final, yeah. So you your Jan Vertonghen, your your Toby Alderweire those high quality centre backs, yeah. Those high quality centre backs played mm. huge roles in, in your success, and then after that, you really struggled to feel to feel like he's had anything left because those those were essentially aging at the time. Um, whereas I kind of feel like in key positions, the spinal positions, the field, you know, we still have a Jota, a Firmino, um, you know. Uh, although we we have depth in midfield. 
quite a lot of his in- injury prone, but we, we very yeah. rarely struggle to find three to field. Normally, they get yeah. injured in a, in a sort of rotational fashion, but it works. Yeah. But Fabinho, I believe, is one of the one of the better defensive mid- midfielders in the world. I put I put him in the top five easily. Um, and then obviously we've we've invested heavily at centre back because it was mass- massively affected our, our season last year. But in terms of we we are in a, a cycle of we for the first time in a few years we we need to look at rebuilding again or in terms of being the best team in the league again. Um, so that's probably why we didn't renew Gina Manaldum's contract, who was a player approaching his his thirties, his early thirties. Probably looking at the time, how, how many players can we have on the books that are going to be this other side of thirty? You know, mm. how many players do we want to be on the wrong side of thirty in terms of you know a player into their sort of mid twenties or their navigate as ages and they they sort of do. So I understand that not everybody could get a new contract, and Genie was obviously one of the players to fall fall from that, uh, and they also didn't want to dish out the big the big contract. I do think a Jude Bellingham would be a huge signing for Liverpool. It's one for the future as well. I mean. Not only is he English and and obviously fits the league, he's he's a, he's a fantastic player in the Bundesliga. Um, even in chat, he's playing at a Champions League level. Um, he quite clearly could have knocked out um, Man City if his goal stood, stood. which it should have. Um, yeah, he's a fantastic he's a fantastic prospect, and he would he would fit the bill as, as a truly big marquee signing, I think. Yeah, I mean, that brings us on perfectly to to the main point of the podcast as well. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, European football. We're going to talk about some of the top leagues in Europe, for instance. Um, just going back to Bellingham, we go to watch every England game. Um, we're, you know, official members of the England Supporters Travel Clubs. And I've seen the guy. He, and I say this to a lot of people, Jude Bellingham, uh, physically, when you look at him, He's really imposing. He's really big built and he looks like on TV he might be a bit slender and a bit lean. When you look at him in the flesh, he's like Jordan Henderson. He is absolutely mm. built like a racehorse. He is huge. Um, but talking about European top leagues, we're going to start with the first one. We're going to talk about Syria A. Is Syria A a graveyard? It's definitely not the league that it used to be. It's not your... Um, we don't... We don't... People of my age, I'm 27, will remember um, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus at a time, uh, being some of the biggest teams in the world. AC Milan in particular at a time were just, they were unplayable. Oh, six. Unplayable, really. Really, uh, uh, incredible teams that, that live in Serie A. Since then, they've just been on a sort of, not a, not a steep decline, but a gradual sort of, as the other leagues uh, around the world improved. Um you know, France, uh, Barcelona, and Real Madrid spending huge amounts of money. The Premier League, the the, t- the huge TV money that comes into the Premier League, we've just had a, you know, the the teams that are in the Premier League could could be our, our mid table teams could be you know top in the top three of some other leagues. That's how that's how the you how could good you could chuck right Burnley, now. you could chuck Burnley into Serie A. You know how incredible would that to, to they, be? their home form would be incredible I, I would imagine if they <laughs> if they went into Syria bring back the Anglo-Italian not, not Cup not a particularly um, physical league so you put you put Burnley in there a particular, no one wins more headers in our league than mm. Burnley they play very compressed as 4-4-2 they distribute it long they win it high up the pitch they're an incredible difficult team to play against I think they would actually do quite well yeah, in Syria, to be, that's a that's a football manager experiment video waiting yeah. to happen. Anybody Probably out there, sick games or yeah, or, or you know uh, what is it? Um, 
what is one? What's one of the big uh, the football manager? I don't know. YouTube channels work the space maybe. Yeah. Um, they, they could uh, they could do that. Burnley in Syria are ah, my personal opinion of Syria are. Ah, I think it's boring. Um, I, I still think the the teams at the upper echelons of the league can handle themselves. I think uh, um, I, I would say. I would say, well, not not actually, not Juve this season, but usually Juventus, um, Inter Milan have had a bit of a renaissance over the last three or four years, I think. Uh, AC started to come back with a bit of money coming in, new San Siro being built, and then you always have like a flash in the pan. So you, we, we've had Atalanta recently surfacing uh, towards the upper echelons of the Italian league. So I think it's good. I think it's when you start to get out of, uh, if you imagine the top five in Italy as a city when you get out of the city into the suburbs of 6th 7th 8th 9th and down it, it it's cosmopolitan to to absolute nothing it's feast to famine James well, the thing is the thing is with uh, with Syria because of because of uh, how big it was in the 90s and um, and into the noughties and the success and you know there's a bit of a love affair with with Italian football because uh, it is very you know it's very passionate you know there's a lot of characters in in syria like big big personalities of a lot of passion and it's very likable um you know and you think about some of the classic kits like you know fiorentina for example everybody knows that kit nintendo gabriel yeah. batistuta Gabby and they and they they were great in about 1997 um what have they done since N- nothing <laughs> no- nothing had luca tony for a bit had like salah for a bit on loan there had salah Odardo. for a bit now, the only time anyone hearing about him lately because of Dusan Blahovic, well, he's going to go to Juventus, which just shows the, the way the food chain works in, uh, in Syria. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see... We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Um, I just read so I before think... I came on that that, that was going to be a seventy-five million pound deal um, for Desan Vlahovic, paid he over fifty-seven it. years. Yeah, so yeah, he's out a lot of money in the summer as well. <laughs> so you know, Sorry. some it's not right there, but yeah, I think that's probably what put the likes of Tottenham and Arsenal off. Um, that sort of money, but you know that, that's, that's Italian football for you. Um, but yeah, I think so. I think that maybe the idea of Italian football is better than the reality. You know, it's beautiful. The kits are nice. The grounds are, uh, are stylish. You know, the managers look great on the sideline uh, and, and the cigarette. Else, the, the actual football itself um, is not all it's cracked up to be. And the reason I say that is because um, Liverpool's last uh, game in the Champions League group was away to AC Milan. You'd already won the group. Um, you went there with a team which had the likes of Curtis Jones playing. Tyler Morton. Um, Nathaniel Phillips. Um, or what's his name? Nat Phillips. Yeah, Nat Phillips. Origi. Yeah, Origi um, yeah, at top. And, but they had to win that game to qualify. They had to. They were top of Serie A at the time. Um, they had all their big hitters were there. They put their best team out. It was probably the most fans they'd had in, in San Siro for... You know, a long, long time in a European night, and you turn up and just beat them. Was it one or two nil? And like, two nil. Uh, was two it nil. two? Might have even been two. Was it two one? Actually, didn't Tamori score? Yes, and then you right. turned it yeah. on and beat them two one. Um, 
And I just looked at that and I thought, right, this is the best that league has currently got to offer on the biggest night for years. Um, you know, the first time back in the Champions League for what, three, four years? You know, if uh, and they couldn't turn it on. They couldn't, they couldn't, couldn't do anything. And I just thought, and I don't know whether this league's all that, man, really. Like, um, you know, 40-year-old Zlatan Ibrahimovic, he's, he was one of the top goal scorers in the league last year. He had like 12 goals. But, that, you know, yeah. it's a low-scoring league, as we know. But um, not having Zlatan it. was going to be one of my points as to, to kind of show the, the quality of the league. And mm. the fact that Zlatan, Zlatan is, is doing better in Serie A than he did in MLS is a, is a worry <laughs> for the Concern. league. Um Romelu Lukaku excelled in this league, absolutely excelled, um, and and looked like a really truly world class um, centre forward. And then he's back in the Premier League. I think he will come good, Romelu Lukaku. A lot of people have already named him flop. Um, I think Chelsea may may come to regret to spend ninety million pounds on a twenty nine year old striker um, when he's. Generally, if you spend that money on a striker that age, you expect him to kind of come in and do the business right away. He's not one for you're not not one you have in your mind for. Like, he'll come good in his second or third season because by then that, that's all you're really going to get out of him. Um, and, and the crazy thing about that as well is Simo, sorry to cut you out there, um, is they've brought Lukaku for 99 million, let's call it 100 million for argument's sake. Just shy of 100 they've, million. They've sold Abraham to Roma. Huh. For forty million, he's playing very well. He's playing very. He scored twelve goals in his last eleven games, I think, yep. um, over in Italy across the, all competitions. He's absolutely banged a load in in that Conference League as well. Um, Good so for England as well. Look, yeah, yeah, and he's starting to look like a player now. They've got an eighty-five million pound buyback clause on him. I think it is something ridiculous, or it might be a bit less than that. Maybe, maybe it's sixty-five. But I thought it was eighty or eighty million. They've got a buyback clause, but it's quite a big one. Um, they might end up then buying him back for eighty million. I was thinking in a couple more, of years' time, more along the lines of Armando Broja, who's on loan at Southampton right yeah. now. Who looks, yeah, he's he played good. a fantastic game against Manchester City just the other night. There, mm. um, if he stayed on site, if he could just get himself on site, he'd have got about four he... or five goals against Man City, which is uh, which is not mm. an easy feat for any any striker. He looks big and physical, and do you know what's the kind of worst thing about it? He kind of looks like a Romelu Lukaku type striker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is I mean, exactly you might what, have had uh, this Thomas guy Cooper in your academy at the minute, though, isn't it? You know, he's, yeah, it's a and difficult I'm, one. Yeah, I mean, we talk obviously, you know, about the Italian league, and what we'll do, we're just going to whiz round uh, two more leagues in Europe, um, and then what we'll do before we sign off, we'll just sort of rank them, and we'll have we'll have a a linked ranking tier of Europe's top five leagues and we'll see what consensus we come out with um, but in terms of the second question France Liga 1 is it a farmers league? Shall I what, but to me um, I don't think I don't like the term farmers league I think it's, 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 it's I'd imagine they find it quite offensive um, is it a high quality league? I don't really think so is it a, te- is it a league that contains a team that has infinite amount of spending because it's essentially owned by a nation. Uh, yes, uh, PSG does exist. Um, the fact they didn't win the league last year, um, they're a bit shocking. Um, that, that Leo could get over the line, highly impressive. But at the same Great story, time, though. Yeah, great story, great story. But the thing is, no one really cares because mm. it's legal. I mean, like you, you, sometimes you say that to people and they don't quite, doesn't quite register with them. They just assume that 
you know, PSG are, are winning absolutely everything in it. And just to be clear, PSG should absolutely win everything in Ligue 1. Yeah, <laughs> because they've got two teams. They've got yeah. two teams better than everyone else's best team. Yes, yes, absolutely. They spend they spend without consequence. Um, they, they have, you know, Lionel Messi, um, Kylian Mbappe, Di Maria, Neymar. These these are huge names. Sergio Ramos. Um, I, I feel sorry for uh, Monaco. And the reason why um, I feel sorry for them is because before the money came in for PSG, Monaco had been taken over and had a couple of seasons of direct success. And then these guys roll up. Um, France, um, I feel sorry for the, for the genuine fans of French football. And I say this because just three years ago, three short years ago, there was uh, a, an announcement made by the league that uh, you know allegedly Canal Plus were going to come in with Europe's second highest TV revenue deal for that league, which would have made the French league second only to the Premier League of, of the United Kingdom uh, in terms of uh, money for TV, which would have had a direct direct implication on the performances of most of those French teams. Like we mentioned, you know Marseille, for instance, Lyon, Lille. Big, um, or, or big clubs, big bigger clubs, even down to probably Bordeaux, maybe you know. Yeah, there's, um, there's some big old clubs in that league. I can tell you that, like fan base wise, stadium wise, there's some big big clubs. That Velodrome's huge. Um, yeah. that, that that Velodrome is huge, as England fans can can and attest. Leon have got a new stadium as well. They've got a big stadium. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I think stadium is is beautiful as well. It's beautiful. Yeah, Louis. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, that's one place I would love to go. Would be would be there. Absolutely. I think I'd fit in perfectly well in the in the streets of Monaco. But uh, that's another story for another podcast. Um, but what we will say is, uh, do we think that the league? Um, it, it's almost as like it wouldn't. It wouldn't even. It, it could only thrive if PSG weren't in it. Yeah. People. The reason. The reason. I, I believe the reason the Premier League is the most watched league in the world is partly because there's no guarantees to who's going to win it each year. You can even have a team that the likes have never seen before, a Manchester City, and even they're not guaranteed it every year, you know? Um, and I think you don't just judge a league by the, the teams at the top, you judge it by teams at the bottom. Could you take the bottom third of the Premier League and plant them all over leagues in Europe and, and they would do well? Absolutely. There's some good teams in the mm. Premier League, we we kind of we kind of get into the trap of kind of calling them poor sides, um, but they're not. It's football snobbery. They're not actually. It's, they, it's football they snobbery. Have, they have, you know, quality managers, quality players front mm. to back. They have even even, even the championship the, of the Premier League will, will have players in the bench that that would be playing football in other leagues in Europe, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So we kind of get we kind of get dropped into that, and I believe Liga and kind of suffers a wee bit of uh, from what my home league stuff suffers with in terms of when everybody knows what's going to happen every every season it's hard to sell that to a neutral viewer that's not mm. invested in a specific club you know i i was born in paisley sports at month football club i have to you know accept that we're most likely never going to win the the top league in scotland no matter what happens um mm. because of the way the, the league structure is because of the way our tv deals are it's very much set in to keep two teams in power um and the, the, the chance and maybe Aberdeen, yeah, and maybe well, years ago, and and they and they sort of seventies, eighties, nineties, there was there was a chance for that. I think the chance is gone. That 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 ship sailed. That even even at that, I think is a, is a complete stretch. To to be quite honest, um, this when we when we lower down to sort of a two horse race means that the other teams get poorer. Even if we get 
more European places. Um, our teams are too poor to compete in there, so a coefficient goes down. Uh, it's a bit of a dominoes effect, and, and the thing is, is once once PSG start hovering up absolutely everything in Ligue 1, owners will be reluctant to invest because they'll see they'll see no end. What's the we, point? You cannot yeah. spend PSG, and then that is that an argument for the European Super League? In, in in a way and no. let all these all these rich bastards go and have their own no. league and we'll have the real, real football back no because there, there would just be somebody else there's just be somebody else that comes in you'd have you know Newcastle as the next super superpower or something yeah like and then, then Strasbourg making yes. their way up in ESCT yeah, Troys or whoever they are uh, yeah. or Guigamp um, but uh, no I, I think there's money to be made though that somebody will be out there is going to is going to take advantage of it absolutely the... my main point is that it's just a hard thing to sell to the neutral when it's like it's like try to advertise a film and the trailer is the ending of the film you know if a film yeah. is spoiled for you generally people don't want to go and see it um yeah. because the premier league is like who's going to win it this year the, the entire build-up manchester united by ronaldo um chelsea have got thomas tuchel champions league winners liverpool premier league winners champions league winners man city one of the most expensive squads in the world who's going to win it that that brings in eyes. That brings in a billion views over the over the world. Absolutely. Then you've got Tottenham. Then you've got Arsenal. Then you've got West Ham. You know, in the, the, the smaller reaches of the league from that from those clubs on from there really as well. The so thing is, though, you yeah. talk about um, this is going to be way off topic, but you talk about um, you know comparing Liga One to a to a movie when the trailer is the end. Mm-hmm. But in the trailer, you already know that in that film is going to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, oh, absolutely! Yeah. Kevin Hart, Sandra Bullock. You know, and yes. you know that the film's going to be good yeah. because those people are in it. So it's kind of a bit like a double-edged sword, really. Because yeah, you know, that's where the, the big hitters are. Well, finally, James, finally, we're, we're going to move on to the to the last segment because with Simo on here, we could probably talk all night. But the reality is, is um, we've, we've already done another podcast this evening and uh, we're, we're, we're striking why the iron is hot. It's <laughs> flaming hot. It's melting hot. If it was to be placed onto my back, the hairs would singe uncontrollably. Now, um, we're going to talk about La Liga and we're going to talk about the Bundesliga. For instance, is the Bundesliga on the verge of overtaking La Liga to become Europe's second Premier League. James, uh, um, um, I think... I think the problem with the Bundesliga is it's, it's another league where it's dominated by a top two. And I think um, in the same way that, you know, um, Serie A, not Serie A, sorry. Yeah, Serie A. Um, and Liga earned obviously you know who's going to win it I know obviously Juventus didn't win it last year but it was a major event because they didn't win it like normally they would just win it um, same as Bayern just win it um, same as Celtic or Rangers just win it in the Scottish League Rangers and yeah Rangers uh, and I'm worried that it might end up being that way in the Premier League if Man City keep going there where they are um, you know one team dominated leagues and that's the same with the Bundesliga but, but uh, Dortmund really for all and they're another one we talk about you know People liking the idea of something better, than, you know, better idea of a club better than the actual thing. Like Dortmund, are they ever really gonna gonna um, win that Bundesliga in the next couple of years? Well, we'll look at the they Spanish need to be league a big, big with Real and Barca and Atletico, though, James. Out of the top three in La Liga, is anybody else going to win it? Um, really? Severe, you know, you look at look at Germany, Mönchengladbach, Leipzig. There's, a, there's big yeah. clubs. But you look at you look at La Liga, and there's a 
there's a there's a vacuum being left now by Barcelona to be up there in the top three with with Atletico and with with um, Real Madrid. So somebody's got to fill that gap now, and it looks like Sevilla are the ones who are going to kick on and try and you know establish himself in that top two, top three. Atleti have slipped a little bit as well. So La Liga is a bit more competitive, but obviously now it could be a situation where Real Madrid are going to dominate for a, for a couple of years. It's just all it's all it all goes in cycles, doesn't it? So we'll 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 go on to Simo now, and then what we'll do is we'll go on to uh, we'll, we'll rank we'll, we'll rank Europe's top leagues. I'll I'll kick it off because I've got a curveball as always, and no, it's not the Portuguese first division. Um, Simo, over to you. Um, talking about La Liga really, and uh, and how that stacks up to to other European nations. Well, um, you, you've made some points about, you know, is it a two-horse race and, and sort of both of those leagues. If you if you look at the league tables currently, um, third place in Bundesliga is 14 points off the top space in, in the league. Uh, that's quite a lot. That's that's unimaginable to make up, right? So you can sort of rule them out. So it's between a top two in January, as most leagues are. Some, and Well, not most leagues, but a lot of leagues are to, uh, to this time. But it normally... It normally gets a wee bit tighter, I would say, at the top. Whereas you look at Spain, um, there's only 10 points between top and third. So that's a wee bit more feasible that, that gives some sort of hope to, to some sort of title race at the end. But the the the, the money stuff going over in Liga, La Liga, the, the the constant moving of money Barcelona need to do to, to get within the financial fair play of, of wages that, that La Liga have brought in. Um, so they, they'll struggle to just, as they do, just the spend without regret and just keep but they cannot they can't operate in that way anymore um they have to find a way to adapt that that opens maybe a door for bundesliga to come up to that second place um but for now i, I would still i would still rank um Liga in that in that second place with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No I would cool. say I prefer Bundesliga to watch. I've been over. Uh, I've seen Borussia Dortmund live in, in their home stadium. It's awesome. That would be great. To the awesome. yellow wall. Um, it's, I've been on the yellow wall. It's great. I would recommend it to anybody. Um, yeah, I think that's trips online, like, isn't what, what it? We were talking five to get in and two quid a beer or something. It was cheaper for me to go see um, Borussia Dortmund last time than it was to go for me when I went to see Liverpool. So yeah, I can <laughs> believe it. That's <laughs> mental, isn't it? How ridiculous! Well, is we see trips online all the time, uh, European away trips and stuff like this. Is that how you got your ticket, or did you go straight to Borussia Dortmund themselves, or straight to straight to Borussia Dortmund themselves? Then got both. Uh, free tickets. I think I free free tickets for about sixty five euro. Really? Yeah, so really? you just go straight yeah. to the website, straight in there uh, on the English version, and order tickets. Sign yeah. up, no doubt, and, and and get them. So, oh, fair play to I you. You've got to be quick. I think you've got to be quick and do it at a certain time. I was been. It's been a few years. I've been planning to go every year, but then COVID hit, and then. Mm. <laughs> You know, well, Simo, if we ever go over, enough. mate, by all means, we're more than welcome. You could do a, you could do a, a, a twelve-hour podcast on the way, um, and we'd probably fill it with chatter. Um, no, I want to do Ajax in Amsterdam. That's what uh, I, that I would be go good. To see Ajax in Amsterdam. Mm. 
Well, I'll be happy to go over and watch Slavia Prague, but that's me. Um, so what, what we will do now is we'll just go through our top five European leagues. Um, my curveball. So I will kick off with uh, number one position, the Premier League, unrivaled in my, in my opinion. Um, I think the second best league in the world at the moment is La Liga still. I think that's the second. The third, I would go with the Championship. Um, I, I, in, in England, I think uh, that's my curveball. I think that is a notoriously tough, tough, tough league. Um, what, and the, the championship's the third hardest league in the... I think it's a harder league to win than than, than absolutely than some of these other leagues and competitiveness, and it, 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 absolutely. It depends, though, because if you're Sam Pauli and you've just been promoted to the Bundesliga, it's harder for them to win the Bundesliga than it is for, I don't know, Sheffield United to win the championship this season. I would think the bottom place of the championship could beat the top place of the championship on any given day. And that's what, remember, that's what we're talking about in our Premier League. That's what makes it so famous, is the bottom team can beat the top team um, at a high level, at the level of the standard of play. Um, I'll put the championship in third, followed by the Bundesliga and Serie A. That'll be my five. Um, Simo, what are you going with for your top five leagues? Um, well, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to be quite boring. Premier League at the top, undisputed. I mean, there's there's no there's no discussion because it is the the, the most watched billion views a year. The Premier League, which is ridiculous. Um, then La Liga in second, um, closely followed by the Bundesliga, uh, then followed by Serie A, and then in fifth place, uh, Ligue 1. Fantastic. And James Hounsell? Um I've gone on just purely uh, pure entertainment value. Okay. Uh, rather than quality, so Premier League is the top, and then I've I've got Serie A. Although I criticise the standard of it, I think entertainment-wise, characters, uh, nostalgic feel, um, great you know, great games, great great players, and this and that. Um, the managers, people like Sari, you know, Sari Ball and all that. So I've gone Serie A in second, just for entertainment alone. Um, then I've gone Bundesliga. Then I've gone La Liga. Um, and then it's Liga Earn. Uh, so I think I think La Liga's dropping like a stone, personally. You know, where where are Valencia now? Where uh, you know, where are Deportivo? Where uh, where are Deportivo La Coruña? Where, are all, these, are where the... all these clubs from? You know, these because where are Villarreal? Yeah, okay, Villarreal to be fair, actually, I'll take that back because they're very good at uh, in the Europa League last season, and Unai Emery's doing a good job there. But you know, I I just think. It needs a bit of a like, like we spoke about the MLS the other night, James. It needs a shot in the arm. La Liga needs a shot in the arm. Maybe Mbappe or Haaland or someone like that is going to be the guy. Um, Absolutely because... agree. Um, agree with what you're saying there. Um, but let's not take for anything for granted. Football at the moment is absolutely fantastic. So, so many different subjects. We could talk all night long, and that's without even touching that we're in the World Cup year. Um, so obviously. Simo, um, I really appreciate you coming on to our podcast this evening. Do you just want to let our viewers know where they can find your podcast? Thank you very much for having me, guys. I really do appreciate it. Um, no worries You at can all. find our podcast uh, on our website, www.talkscreamers.com, or type in Talkscreamers in any search engine, and many things will come up, and you can just click one of those. Um, we're on all the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all the, all the popular ones, so you can find us there if, if you're interested. Absolutely. We oh, hope our man. listeners do go over there. Um, we certainly will be. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. We're doing my research onto that Liverpool podcast that you're on as well. And uh, I will start to listen to that too. I thought the, the level of sound quality ex- exceptional itself as well. I thought it was really good. And Simo, um, I really appreciate you taking the time to pop on. And hopefully in the future you can pop back on again. But uh, 
thank you very much indeed um that's all from me uh, yeah also as well just to finish up simo um we discovered uh before before we went live and we were chatting that you're a big boxing fan so yes. again we would love to get you back on one of our boxing monthlies as well i certainly think we could want that out boys <laughs> no <laughs> no problem no problem but yeah that's all from me as well james okay well thank you very much and we'll see you again very very soon hello sports fans and thank you for listening to the ttm sports show the sports podcast that's by the fans for the fans where you can guarantee explosive debate trending topics big interviews and guests and regular uploads proudly sponsored by prestige paving and patios and anstice grounds and gardens so strap yourself in for the latest episode of the ttm sports show sports social podcast network it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin so go to luckylandslots.com to play over 100 social casino style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes get lucky today at luckylandslots.com available to players in the u.s excluding washington and michigan no purchase necessary vgw group void or prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply